0: So uh, good, lovely to be all back together or mostly back together. Some people still f- finishing a last desperate day of holiday before they go back to work. So uh, but it's good to be together. Uh, if you have a Bible, turn to uh, Acts chapter 20. And uh, we're going to read from verse uh, 17 to the end of the chapter there, Acts, chapter 20, verse 17. I, I want to just, this morning, just remind us of, of some of the things that we value as a church. Um, it's, it's easy as you truck along for a few years to, to, um, to just have things you assume that you value, uh, but you've forgotten to value them. Or, or sometimes you can have things in a church and not really even be aware of them. I have a confession to make. I sometimes watch Antiques Roadshow. Uh, I know, but I, you know, I'm 59. I'm allowed to now. So I sometimes watch Antiques Roadshow, and I'm always fascinating. There was there was a guy on there a while back um, who went to a car boot sale and liked the pattern on this sort of scruffy old mat, and he just like he was intrigued by the pattern on it, and he he bought it. I think it cost him a fiver, and and then he took it along to be to be valued, and, and it turned out it was a very very rare. Navarro, I think it's a uh, uh, native Indian uh, Navarro tribe. It it was a very, very rare uh, antique mat that that was worth about 20,000 quid. And he got it for a fiver. He he, he was a guy that had something, was enjoying it because he liked the pattern on it, didn't know its value. And it's easy in church life to have things among us that are really valuable, but not really ever think about it. Uh, I I watched another one where... um, uh, lady, something or other, gave the Worcester Regiment a little thing it was about that that big. It, it, it looked like glass with some costume jewellery stuck on it, and it was some um, the, the emblem of the Worcester Regiment is some um, pear, a uh, pear, the Worcester pear, and um, and it, it, it looked sort of like glass with some costume jewellery on it. And it, it turned out that it was by who's that Russian jeweller Faberge. It was by Faberge, and it was worth a million quid. So they're looking after it a lot better now than they used to. It's possible to have things that are really valuable and it's important that we value the things that are valuable. Yeah? You know... Go off on the holiday. Debbie puts, I can't remember where she puts it. If it's in the, you know, the, the, the ring in the, in the airing cupboard or was it in the freezer compartment? I, I don't know. What, why do people do that sort of crazy stuff? It's because they value the things that are valuable. They, they want to look after the things that are valuable other than obviously the car and the Ford, but we won't go, we won't go, (laughs) we won't go back to that story. So let's read this and then I want to underline just some things at the start of this term that, that are really valuable to us as a church. From Miletus, Paul sent to uh, Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Thank you very much. Us uh, mummies, is it? Okay, thank you. Okay, Good. Now I know that none of you among whom I've gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today I'm innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from among your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among among all those who are sanctified. I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement. They would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. So there's a number of values. I just want to underline them at the start of a, a new uh, term. And the first one really is is that Paul gathers these elders together. And uh, we're a people, a church, with leaders. Now I know that's, that's sort of obvious and not obvious because on any one Sunday you, you never know who's going to be leading and that's a, that's a good thing because it's team and it's working together but leaders are really important and I noticed that even within a, a team Paul is able to say yeah, come here and they come. He has, he has authority so within a team of leadership there's still authority and there's servanthood. That's how it was with them. Uh, But the thing I love about this also is is there's authority with affection. Paul summons them, but it's not like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. St. Paul has called us to account. It wasn't like that at all. They're crying because they're not going to see him anymore. There's authority with affection. Uh, And I love that. We had a barbecue Whenever it was, the end, of, the end of term, it's sort of just to thank everybody for the, for the work they put in, and, and, and all sorts of leaders from the church were there. And do you know what? It's, it's one of the highlights of the year for me because our, our, our leaders love each other. And it's just, it was just a fun, not only because it was a meat fest and a beer and wine fest, but, but because there is so much affection. So much love. There's leadership, there's servanthood, there's authority with affection. This was far from a professional thing. So there's authority with affection amongst the leaders. There's also some maturity there. That's why they're called elders. doesn't mean they're all ancient. In fact, the Bible, the Bible says uh, to Timothy, don't let people look down at you because you're rather young. But it means they're, they're not new Christians in leadership. Some, they have some experience of life, there's some maturity, there's some ability there. He calls them overseers. You oversee the flock that's a greek word actually it means a sea it was used in cities an overseer was someone who was a senior city manager who was able to come up from from the details of everything look over and say ah i think we need some work there i think we need something here see what where, where we're going what's our overall direction to oversee and then there's activity they're not they're not titles you can get into a situation where people have all sorts of funny titles and um, some of our African brothers and sisters will, will know that, that there are some churches where the people's titles get longer and longer and longer and longer. I joke about it with my friend Emmanuel. So just think, if I'm more important the longer the title I have the more important I, I am. But that's not like that. Paul, wasn't, Paul was not into that at all. There's activity and he says your job is to be shepherds. The, the Greek word is episkopos, which is actually the word that, where we get the English word bishop from. Episkopos. It's the same, it's the same word we get microscope, scopos, or telescope. That kind of word. And it's the ability. It, the Romans used it for actually not, not, a, not a guy in a, with a funny costume and a shepherd's crook, not, not a, that kind of Christian bishop. They used it as someone that inspected the troops to make sure they were battle-ready and to equip them for what they needed. That was the way the Greeks used it. And he's saying these leaders are to equip people for, for doing stuff, for going to war. The, the the Jewish background, Episcopos, just means shepherd. Pastor, he talks about be shepherds of the church of God. Protect them what does a shepherd do it looks after the sheep protects them gets them from one place to another while they feed so there's these leaders in the church and i just want to say every anyone who's taking any leadership responsibility in the church thank you so much it's so so important it's unsaid i can't remember the last time i said it but thank you so much leadership should be largely unseen just getting on with things. But thank God for leaders. Can I, can I say to everybody, do, do, the Bible says pray for your leaders. And the more you know them, the more you need how, you know how much they need your prayers. So let's pray. And we need more leaders. As the church develops and grows, we'll we need more people to be directors. we need more people to be group leaders and activity leaders. We'll need more people to be congregational leaders and worship leaders. All sorts of leaders. Thank God for leaders. Let's value our leaders. Is that okay? Okay, that's one down, one point down. <laughs> Here's the next thing. A people of leaders, yeah, but also a people of spirit and truth. That's one of our values, a people of spirit and truth. What do you mean? Well, Paul says in verse 20, I spent. he spent a lot of time going house to house even teaching the truth. Teaching the truth. Let's value that. Now, we live in a world that, that values experience, and I'm all for experience, but we must value the truth. In fact, that's how we judge our experiences. That's, how we, we, that's the lens through which we look at our experiences and say, well, how does this line up with the truth? So Paul spent a lot of time. He was concerned in verse 20. He says there's going to be some people coming in, and they're going to sort of distort the truth. They're going to bend it a bit. Be on your guard against them. You know, the Bible says the Father seeks people who worship him in spirit and truth. Both. Two wings of a bird. You need truth and spirit. It's very important. It's one of the things we we need to value is being a people who base their Christian experience on the word of God. On the Bible. And you you can't take that for granted in the world in which we live. There are people that start off here and go all over the place. Let's be people who base themselves on the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is God-breathed. I love that expression. It's God-breathed. It's useful. It's useful for telling you off when you've made a complete mess of it. It's useful for putting you on the right tracks. It's useful for guiding you in the right direction. It's useful for equipping you for every good work. Let's value the word of God. I don't know how that works out in your life, but value scripture, value teaching, value the Bible. There's security in the word of God. It's the measuring rule by which we measure everything else. So read it, love it, value it. At the same time, the letter on its own kills. It's a bit. It's a bit of a striking statement. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Bible itself actually says that. The Holy Spirit is vital. The same Holy Spirit that inspired Scripture brings Scripture to life. Without the Holy Spirit, things get dull. Are you allowed to say that in church? They do. Without the Holy Spirit, things get dull. They become lifeless letter without the Spirit of God bringing the Scripture to life. In fact, the scripture itself points us to Holy Spirit experience. You with me? So they're not two different separate things. They're two things that come together. The Bible itself testifies about experiencing the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 15 talks about in our hearts the Holy Spirit being poured out. So we say, Abba, Father. Not, is there a God somewhere? But, "Ah, it's my Father. How does that work out? That's not in my head. There's some doctrine, but it's not in my head. It's in my heart. that like I can relate to God as a dear, dear Father. That's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of God is, there's a sense of liberty, a sense of freedom. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, there'll be power working amongst you. That's amazing. That's why the Bible encourages us to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul, in this passage here, why is he leaving them? He says, well, I'm compelled to the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He He didn't read. Now, he might have read a Bible verse saying go to Jerusalem, but he didn't. It was actually the Holy Spirit compelling him to take the next step. And that's the kind of church we want to be. A church that's based on the truths of this book, but which is listening to the voice of the Spirit and responding to what he wants to do. So Paul is responding to prophetic revelation, principles of the Bible and the direction of the Holy Spirit. They're things we must really value as we move into this next phase, as we contemplate the challenge of completing the building project, as we say, where where do you want us to go next? What do you want us to do? We value the principles of Scripture and the revelation of the Holy Spirit, a people of spirit and truth. Here's Here's a third one. So it'd be slightly strange, I guess. But how about this? Are people who love church? I don't know. I don't know what you think of. I mean, def- depends on our background. When you say to church, to some people, they think mouldy hymn books or falling asleep. If you'd ask me that when I was a kid, I, I used to count the number of um, lines in a plank in the pew in front of me, and then I used to try and time that by the number of planks. And then I used to time times that by the number of people. I was rubbish at Mass, so I never. But it always helped the sermon pass by quicker. And that was one of my. That was what church meant to me. Or the other one I used to do is I used to try and work out how I could get to one from one side to the other without touching the ground. That was was another one of my favourite things to do in church. (laughs) That's not recommended. But I've learnt to love church. See, he says to these elders in verse 8, be shepherds of the church of God. That's amazing. Church belongs to Father God. Now, I know there's all sorts of branding, all sorts of families or tribes. I I know all of that, but it's not the church of New Frontiers in the end. It's not the church of Elim or AOG or Church of England. Those those things help us a little bit and hinder us mostly. It's actually the church of of God did you know that you're you're involved with something that God loves now we live in a cynical age and and we're affected by it. it's easy to get cynical about church because because we're so human we're so failed and, and sometimes we're so downright funny but let's not be cynical about church this is the church of God which he bought with his own blood So it's Father God's church, which he bought with the blood of his own dear son. Why are you a Christian this morning? Because Jesus gave his life's blood so that you could be forgiven, so that I could be forgiven. And then he says to them, and it's the Holy Spirit who's made you, uh, had given you this ministry in the church, made you overseers. So when when you come to church on a Sunday morning, and I know sometimes you think, oh, couldn't I just watch Match of the Day? I recorded that last night, and I've got that at home. Couldn't I just do this? Couldn't I just... Hey, listen, when we go to church, we're involving ourselves in something that the whole Trinity is involved in, that Father God owns as his own, that he'll keep for all eternity, actually, that he gave his son's blood for, that the Holy Spirit is involved with all the time. Let's value church with all our wrinkles and funninesses. Let's value church. Let's not become vague or cynical. Let's get involved in the community of the church. Let's have a high view of it. Do you know the Bible says this Ephesians 3, verse 10 Through the church, the manifold, or it could be translated, the multicolored wisdom of God is displayed to heavenly realms. What's that mean? It means that when God wants to show an angel or a demon how great his wisdom is, he points at the church. Strange perspective, isn't it? Very different perspective to ours. Let's let's seek to be a church that makes angels dance and demons tremble. How about that? That would be quite a good mission thingy. I'm not big on mission thingies, but it would be a good one. Let's seek to be a church that makes angels dance and demons tremble. People that love church and we know we've failed you've got to hold that at the same time as holding what Rob said that we're a group of you know people with flaws and failures and weaknesses but at the same time church is a wonderful thing we believe in it and we love it how about this thirdly a people of grace let's value the grace of God Paul says in verse 24 my task is to testify to bear witness to the good news of God's grace the bible says ephesians 2 verse 8 we're saved by grace what does that mean it means you can't contribute anything you can't contribute anything to your salvation it's all because he gives you what you don't deserve you come to him with nothing apart from your own sin the only thing you contribute to your salvation is all your sin you say lord this is all i've got it's all i am i'll give it to you could you give me forgiveness And God says, I I do more than that. I'll give you the righteousness of Jesus. That's a great swap. That's the grace of God. A people that know they're saved by grace. Saves an awful lot of faffing and effort and worry. You're saved entirely by the grace, the goodness of God. And that's how you continue as well. Having been saved by grace, you don't continue by striving. You continue by receiving God's grace, by receiving his spirit. Paul says to the Galatians, having begun in the spirit, don't continue by human effort. Continue by grace. Let's be a church that enjoy the grace of God, that rely on the grace of God. And because God has been so gracious to us, we can afford to be gracious to each other. Amen? We can be kind to each other. We have access. We can come in and worship however we've done this week because he's gracious. We enter into his presence by grace. Fourthly, a people of mission. Paul, Paul why is Paul having this meeting? Why does he gather them? The whole reason he's gathering them is because he's off, he's on a mission. He says, I'm going. I've got this gospel task. See, we're not a church that just seeks to maintain ourselves. That takes quite a lot of effort, doesn't it? Hey, just getting coffee at the beginning. It's quite an effort. But that's not we're about that because we're on a mission. We're about setting up PA. Yes, we are. Why are we about setting PA? Because we want to worship the God who's taking his gospel to the ends of the earth. That's why, well, that's why we do mission, actually, because there aren't enough worshippers yet. Mission is why Paul is appointing leaders and talking to leaders. That's why Paul was moving on. He said, I'm compelled to move on because we're on a mission. And that's what we're on. We're on a mission. We're a church of three congregations. We want to see them grow. We want to see disciples made. Who knows, maybe we'll be a church of four congregations. Or I don't know. But we're on a mission to take the gospel of grace to our neighbours to the next neighborhood or town, and to the nations. That's what, that's what we're about. So I, now I know in our minds we just think, oh, it's church, got to go to church. But it's a much bigger thing than that that you're part of. I hope we know that. To value that, we're part of a big mission. It's actually the mission of God that we're a part of. That's wonderful. And lastly, a people with generous hearts. It's been so blessed this year with generous giving to our general fund, amazing generosity to the building fund, and also kindness to those who are less fortunate. And that's what Paul underlines here. He says in 20, verse 35, we must help the weak. We must help the weak. Remembering Jesus' words, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's great to have a testimony this morning about a practical need being met through generosity. Must, must help the weak. And Interestingly, of all the things Paul could have said, he chooses to, to highlight on that. Keep the gospel, keep the truth, watch out, look after everybody. By the way, don't forget, help the weak, help the poor. That's the heart of God, isn't it? It's been great earlier on this year to see, to see the camp and uh, uh, encounter camp. See, how many people do we have for that? About 200 people from different projects from all around the country. And just, just as a church, you know, it, gets, it gets to be a bit hard work. But what a privilege it is to help those who are weaker than ourselves. To be involved with others. Amen. Let's take care of one another. And you know, as we get, we've got a little bit bigger than we used to be. Only a little bit, but we are bigger. It just gets a bit easier to miss people. So just, let's be on the lookout for one another. Let's take care of one another. Let's say, how was your week? Let's reach out to someone we don't know very well yet. Let's do those things. Remembering Jesus's words, it's more blessed to give and to care Than anything else. So there's just some of our values. Do you you value them? Is it like something that's valuable. But you just. Not really bothered. Or or, or are you valuing, valuing the things. That God values. Let's value leadership. Pray for leaders. Let's be a people who value the word of God. And the spirit of God together. Let's be a people who love church. Not because we're perfect, because you've only got to be here 10 minutes to know that, but, but because God loves the church. Let's be a people of grace, a people of generosity, and a people of mission. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we commit this new term just beginning for those at school and college. We thank you for summer breaks for those of us who've been able to get away. We ask you, Lord, that, that you would help us to really value the things you've built into us. We thank you over the the years for these foundational things that have become so much part of us, that they're sort of part of the furniture, but we, we don't want to take them for granted, Lord. We value the moving of your spirit. We value your word. We thank you for your grace and ask you that we'd be gracious. We pray that we'd be holding out the gospel of grace to our neighbors and to the next place and the next place. We pray that you would glorify your name through our little church and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.